This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, how's it going? If you know me, you know I love George Lucas and what he's done with Star Wars and his vision and his overall process of becoming a filmmaker and funding all of his projects himself because he didn't want to deal with the major studios telling him what to do and how to do his movie. So today we're going to be going over an interview with George Lucas on how he started Star Wars Episode 1 and a lot of things that influence him in his life. It's something you may not have, may not have seen before, but it's very rewarding to watch, especially as a fan or um, aspiring filmmaker or whatever you may be. It's pretty cool. If you like George, check it out. Let's do it. Did your personal life influence your writing? Well, there's there's no way to write without writing from yourself. I mean, you, you know, the stuff gets made out of things that you care about, whether you've actually lived them or not. There are emotional issues that you deal with. And I think that's a, always a major factor with any writer. I don't. Th it's hard to write without, you know, without having some kind of emotional connection to the material. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I've never seen any reason not to. Uh, it's easy to write that way. It's hard to write in the abstract. Um, so when I write a scene, I write a scene that moves me or I care about or is something that is personal to me. This film is so anticipated. Do you feel a lot of pressure? The fact that it's so anticipated allows me the freedom to sort of be creative in the way I'd like to be creative and not have to worry about what people think, you know, because on one level I'm going to get slaughtered <laughs> uh, no matter what I do, and on the other level, you know, some people will like it. But after you make a lot of movies, you understand that, that whatever you do, you're going to get trashed on one side and some people are going to love it. Okay. Tell me about your writing process. Uh, toward the end of the day, I will summarize whatever I picked up during that day uh, and put it into a, a notepad. Uh, I will also spend a small amount of time, an hour probably at the most, uh, working on an outline uh, of scenes which I'm putting together, which ultimately will have uh, approximately 50 scenes per movie. Uh, so I have to basically come up with 150 scenes. 
And um, but if I come up with a few a day, uh, pretty soon it'll lay itself out. And then toward the end of this process, around Christmas time, I will start really going through the outline and filling in all the blanks and, and finishing it and putting detail and that sort of thing. Um, hmm. um, so that's basically what I'm spending my time doing from now until Christmas. Then in January is when I actually start the hard part, which is to start writing pages. As you write, how do your characters evolve? Uh, I have an idea for a character. Uh, and uh, usually the character begins, you know, if the character doesn't come alive and accept its role, then it m uh, metamorphosizes into something else or another kind of character. Or, you know, you can take the various drafts of Star Wars, you can find the central characters. They always exist. They have given different names, they are given different sizes, shapes, ages, and stuff, but the, but the, the core of the character uh, is still there and growing. It's just trying to find the right persona to to carry forward that that personality. Are you going to wait until you finish the script to work with the art department? Uh, no, what I usually do is um, uh, I get started on the screenplay uh, once, you know, next February, so when I'm, you know, about maybe a quarter of the way through, a third of the way through the screenplay, then we will hire some graphic artists, designers, to start working with me. I will tell them the scenes, I'll tell them the, the clothing, I'll tell them the, the vehicles, I'll tell them the aliens, I'll tell them, you know, all the major elements that need to be put together. They will start then thinking about those. I'll describe them as I thought of them in the script, and then they will go off from there and start actually doing specific designs. Um, that helps me a lot because sometimes uh, they come up with things that are better than I thought of and it gives more sort of flesh and blood to some of the personalities that I've created. Do you think that you're going to be able to get closer to your vision on episode one than you were with the original Star Wars? Ooh. I don't know. I, I think uh, I hopefully will be able to get uh, closer to what I uh, am putting down on the page and what I imagine things to be like. Part of it I think is age. When I was young, I had ambitions for something to be brilliant, and, and uh, when it came less than brilliant, I was very upset about it. Um, and uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe it's better that way. Uh, the the things that have come out that came out exactly the way I wanted them to come out have not been very successful. <laughs> Something I find rather interesting is how he metamorphosizes characters. So if one's not working out for the particular story or the scene or whatever, he takes aspects of that character and he uses it for maybe another character or puts them somewhere else, obviously. What he mentions about that is that in the first drafts of Star Wars, the original characters were actually called Anakin Starkiller and Luke Starkiller. And it was a completely, well, not completely, but it was quite a different story. Anakin was not Darth Vader. And that was actually some, something that was supposed to be in the original, well, I, I'll say that loosely, not the original, but the original episode four script before it later changed uh, in episode five, which is that Darth Vader wasn't going to be Anakin. And there was a comic that was later made from the original, original adaptation of Star Wars with Luke Starkiller and Anakin Starkiller and the, the cyborgs. I'd love to go through that one day. It's pretty interesting, and it shows you how George actually metamorphosizes these characters and puts them into a different spin. 
Another takeaway from this is the question regarding whether the prequels, Episode One, will be more true to George's vision of Star Wars than the actual original trilogy, 4, 5, and 6. The reason this is asked is because the original 4, 5, and 6 weren't truly to George's vision in terms of the things that he could do because he was so limited with the technology at the time, unfortunately. Now, if technology was where it is at today, obviously, or even uh, back in the early 2000s or 1999, the originals would look much different, right? You're talking about about 30 years um, plus. So technology really changed in that time. The things that George could do, such as he was the first one to pioneer mocap with Jar Jar. So that's something that he brought to the table. George has changed filmmaking for everyone, for the entire industry. So when it comes to him having a vision and not being able to fulfill that to the best of his imagination with the originals, you can just kind of see or you can kind of wonder what it must have been like or what it would have been like if the originals had been created today. So makes me think, definitely makes me think, because that, that battle with Vader and Obi-Wan would have been much more intense possibly. And that's just merely the beginning. This is only the beginning, as Duke would say. There are so many things that he could extrapolate on regarding the the CGI and the technology in today's world. Like, look what they're doing with the Mandalorian, right? I mean, now we've got LCD, like, screens around the actors being changed in real time from the uh, artists, from the digital artists. This makes it easier for the actors to act because they feel like they're actually on that planet or in that environment. And it makes it easier to edit. So, pretty cool stuff. Let's go on to the next video.